That's the first time I lost it. Oh, sorry. Welcome to Rain City Supercars. I'm Nick. <laughs> I'm Dan. Recording live at Drivers Club. I love screwing with you, sir. <laughs> you do a good job at the opening when I'm <laughs> yeah, like three, two, two and you're <laughs> <laughs> He throws me out, something yep. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, we're uh, recording live at Drivers Club, as we said, brought to you by Avance, Haggerty, Carter Subaru, and America's Automotive Trust. Well drink it a rainier. Did you see that thing that America's Automotive Trust launched today? Yes. I was I'm really talk to you excited about, about that, actually. I signed that. I signed the oh, petition. Oh, I did too. Okay. So our friends at America, America's Automotive Trust, LeMay, America's Car Museum, uh, launched an initiative today to bring black and white license plates to Love Washington it. State. Love it. And, yeah, because... For I, all you skunk lovers out there, for your black and white cars. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Alexa, I'm talking to you, wherever you are, or you happen to be sitting across the table. <laughs> Well, you know, you know me and my my white cars. Absolutely, so I'm like, perfect. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, it, any if you, car. If you don't know, I mean, I, I don't know if we post it up on our. We'll we'll have it up on our Facebook page, but um, definitely go sign it because it's it's a kind of a game changer. Like it's it's something different, you know, and 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 it goes to help the Automo- America's Automotive Trust. Yep. So, which is a museum and a nonprofit. So yeah. it's an important thing to point out there, though. But yeah, and they just look so much better. I honestly hate so the Washington clean. plates. It's so clean too. Yeah. So think, clean, well, they, exactly. Like, like thirty six hundred like people have to sign, I, and I guarantee you that. Like, yeah, we'll it's get not that. that hard to get a custom plate into legislation if it's with a nonprofit behind it. Oh, okay, and, I mean that's why they've got the stupid music one. And, and to be fair, too. when you look at it, it's it doesn't say anything. It's just it's a it's a wonderful white and black plate. So. If you've given up hope, I should remind everyone that there is in fact a square dancing plate you can get for Washington. Okay. <laughs> yep. That PE class that you couldn't get out of in middle school. Yep, they have a license plate for that if oh, you're I stuck just, with it. I just embraced it. I got on my petticoat. <laughs> Dosey do Dosey do the crap out of it. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair enough. Yeah. How you feeling, man? <sighs> it's been a really, really rough week. Yeah, you can't die on me. I, I did my best to not die, but it was very close in the fact that, um, yeah, so I don't know where I started, but I was, uh, I tried to die last week, and it was, I had a vicious, um, basically sore throat that, you know, of course, in today's day and age, it's just... You, you have COVID. You have COVID, you're going to die. I've had more COVID tests this week than I'll ever need. He does not um, have COVID. I don't record. have COVID, no, but I, like I said, it, uh, I've learned a little bit about my body, and uh, I'm going to have to be going back in and seeing some doctors about some uh, antibodies and things like that. But other than that, I'm pretty good. So, yeah. I'm not dead yet. Thanks for not dying. I tried not to. It was it was so funny because I, I got sick like a week ago. Like after I left here and like I woke up the next morning, I called you and I was like, uh, so here's the deal. I don't feel good. And because <laughs> we all have people in our lives that are, are immune, immune suppressed and things like that. So I was like, you're, I was like, you're really the only person I saw. So, like, <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. But I'm good now. Um, well, I, I should say I, I, my energy levels are not back, but I'm, I'm, I'm well enough that I was able to be upright and taking nourishment today, so I'll take That's it. good. Yes. He was well enough to come uh, go on a lowly test drive with us today. That was fun. That was <laughs> that was a good way to get the blood pumping and getting it to parts of the body that it hasn't been to in a while. So yeah. Have been, yeah. So that's what the, we're going to talk about on the show today. Um, we don't worry. We'll the do downside that. of being us. Yeah. <laughs> no. We have, yeah, sort of. <laughs> in, a, in a strange way, we've actually driven a lot of super SUVs. Yeah. And these are really beyond your normal sport SUVs. There's, we had the chance to drive the new 2021 Aston Martin DBX, uh, thanks to our friends at Park Place, which was quite the experience. But uh, we've also strangely driven basically all its competition except for one car officially on test drives. We've driven the Bottega. We've driven the Urus. We've driven the Cullinan. 
And I haven't, I haven't driven Range an RS. Yeah. The Range Rover, pretty much. Yeah, the Range Rover and the Cayenne Coupe, Coupe Turbo. Cayenne Coupe Turbo. Coupe Turbo. Whatever the heck that means with Porsche anymore. I, don't, sure. I think Porsche is at the point where they're just spitting out words and calling it a car at this point. Yeah, Numbers and words. Remember, Porsche's out there with a car that has no engine that says turbo on the back of it. That's so what I mean. Just want to say that. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah so, and you want to know who went off on a, ra- a rant about that a couple days ago? It was my father, <laughs> who would never be interested in that car. And he's like, I'd never buy that car. And I'm like, why? He's like, it doesn't make any noise. And I'm like, yeah, but you don't. It, it makes the speed. Yeah, but it doesn't make any noise. It's not a Porsche if it doesn't make noise. And I'm like, damn it, he makes, he makes damn good sense. <laughs> to be fair, I was trapped. Drive in, awesome. I was trapped in an emergency room, so I had to listen to him. But, um... <laughs> So, yeah, but yeah, so we yeah we've driven all these, uh, which gives us kind of a unique perspective in the sense that we've actually had extended test drives too, not just like around the block. Um, and the Aston Martin definitely lived up to the name. Uh, it's yeah, there are people out there that literally will look at us and give us the keys and go, "Tell us what you think when you come back." And we're like, "Really? <laughs> us?" So yeah, yeah, it um, drives Im- immensely like more like a car than the rest of the ones I've driven. Well, and that was funny. Is we in were, a good way. We were talking about it afterwards, and, and you brought it up in the fact that uh, you said, oh, it drives like a car. And the guy goes, yep, that's exactly it right there. It's different. It's, um, I, and it's funny because I have not driven a lot of the Aston Martin cars. Um, I've driven a few um, older DBs. Um, but it was, a, it was a different feeling in the fact that I didn't feel like I was way up in the air. Yeah. I didn't feel like I was, you know, there's obviously, you know, you can get in a car and especially with the experience that Dan and I have had, it's funny how you nitpick about things that just, you know, would probably make sense to other people. Like like the one thing, and we'll probably talk about a little bit is the one thing I came up to right off the fat is where the start stop button is. It's in a very interesting location. And if you know, Aston's usually in the middle of the dash and you have all these buttons, but it's kind of on the top of the dash in the middle of the dash. And if you were a shorter person, you literally have to kind of scoot yourself forward. To push the button. Well, I'm six one. I still lean forward to do it. Yeah, it's kind of odd because so. the rest of the Aston Martins, like you said, are, are right down in the middle, mm-hmm. and every all the Aston Martins, uh, the cars, sports cars, uh, they are very much like a cockpit and yeah. really, really nice seating position, really comfortable cars. All Astons, no matter which one, are exceptionally comfortable, but everything's kind of like right at your fingertips. Really well, nice layout. And this does have that, and it's, it's interesting. And, and yeah. you'll see photos that Dan took, and the fact that. The way the dash is sets, it's the, it sits up a lot higher, so you feel like you're sitting lower in the car, like yeah. the, where, where the dash kind of com- flows down from the, the front of the car. Yeah. Um, surprisingly, a lot of visibility, too. I yeah. think that helps with it. So, like, driving the Urus, um, especially the Urus, in You just tr- love saying it, Urus. 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 Terrible name, great car. Yeah. You don't have a lot of visibility. It, it's a, <laughs> a Lamborghini to the to a fault sometimes in that sense. Where Lamborghini, you don't need to see out the back. Yeah, Lamborghini's have pretty terrible visibility over the years. The the new ones are the new not the new ones. The Huracan is slightly better if you're short. Yes, that's it. Um, but it's still terrible compared to most. And by vehicles. short, we mean like five, five, eight. five. Yeah, yeah, five, eight. yeah, yeah. The yeah. ideal driver for a Huracan is between five, five, and five, eight. And 120 pounds. Yeah, yeah. it's yep. very blonde, small um, Italian, female. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nick's ideal driver for a Huracan. <laughs> hey, I mean, the Italian police are using them to d- deliver organs now. So I saw that. That's you know, that's good. Yeah. So uh, the first thing I noticed when I got in there, and Nick and I both had the same, uh, which we later turned out to be false impression of the car, and that it was small, and it's not. So on paper, and I've got the paper in front of me because I wanted to get the specs because it's kind of important. The length of the 2021 DBX is 198.4 uh, inches and 78.7 inches wide. Now It's British. Do you have that in centimeters? I, I should, but I don't. <laughs> okay. Interesting. 
the Urus, which feels huge when you're in it and mm-hmm. feel, looks huge to look at, like it just has a very large presence with it, is 201.3 inches long and 79.4 inches wide. There's, you know, three inches longer and two inches wider. And it totally, if you put them, if you look at them, you would swear the Urus is twice the size of the thing. It looks like a giant Suburban, and it's not. It's actually pretty small because it's, you know, Q8 chassis and all that. But, but it, it, it se- but this seems more like something you could drive into, like, a, a more populated area, and I feel like I could fit into yeah. a spot and then get out of. Um, it was really easy to drive. Yeah. Like, immediately I got it. I mean, coming from the Raptor, everything feels small. But, I mean, it just drives like a normal car in, a, in the best way possible. Uh, it was immediately comfortable in it. Um, S5 as well. It, it feels smaller than that even. Like, that thing feels big compared to this. And on paper, they are not. The S5 is quite a bit smaller, but it's it was amazingly how amazingly easy to drive right from the get-go. Like, once I figured out where the controls were at and I got comfortable, I was like, oh, get in and go. That's it. Except it has a mountain of power, <laughs> awesome brakes, and handles like a freaking sports car. AMG, uh, yeah, twin, twin turbo, turbo V8, V8 matched to a Daimler 9-speed, I believe, isn't it? Yeah, 9-speed. All the rest are 8s. So, um, which is, I'm it's, not a fan of the 8. It's... It, it, it was a fun car to drive. Like I said, we, Dan and I always try to do something when, we, when we're given the opportunity to drive a car is we drive it through Kirkland. And everybody goes, yeah, great. Well, that's close. But no, Kirkland is such a good show of, of if a car is going to be flashy or if it's going to be or blend in. Yeah, because nobody bats an eye at a Porsche yeah. or even a Ferrari half the time in downtown Kirkland. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's people that park their rolls in downtown Kirkland. Nobody cares. This is interesting in the fact that this car has it, it. It is it appealed to exactly the people that will be buying this car. Yes, um, and I want this to use and I want to use these terms because I don't want to be generic. But it, it truly, the Medina social mother. Yeah, like a soccer mom from Medina <laughs> yeah, or Clyde wanna, Hill, or if like, you go to a place on the water in Kirkland. Uh, it's it's really roomy in the back for one. But we were driving it. We pulled it into Carillon Point, and I pulled it. Into, if you guys know Carillon Point in the area. Um, that's where the Grand Bistro is. There's a wine bar there. It's on the water. There's a big, uh, um, what do you call it? A marina there. Big, and there's a nice turnaround where I can get some good photos. But as I was pulling in, there was these uh, three ladies walking, and they all just stopped and started looking at the Aston. And I was surprised because I, it, looking at it, it, it's really nice looking, but I didn't think it would be as flashy or get the attention that it would. And it did, and I was actually surprised by that. But they stopped and waved like, hey. <laughs> it's like, uh, okay. <laughs> Dan, Dan's like, we can't stop. I'm like, can we please stop? No. <laughs> I think, you know, there's there's a picture in my mind that with this car and the fact that, you know, this is sophisticated gentleman and woman, you walk into the garage and they ha- there, there's a matching spec where she has this and he has the DB9 or he has the, the Superleggera. Yeah. Because there's, there's, a, there's, there's a, as much as, if you know this about Aston, there's an elegance about this car. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like an SUV. It, I mean, it has it has it has forms that you're not going to see on SUV. It, truthfully, it has a ducktail, something you really only think you see or hear about on a Porsche. Yeah, that was funny to see. Yeah, um, it, it's an elegant car, but it it also it blends, which I think is wonderful. And the fact that you, I think you could drive it to your your local supermarket, and people aren't necessarily going to know what it is unless you know cars. And you you go up to the front and you see the winged badge. You see, you know. Which I like. I, I think I, the blending factor is nice. I mean, I think, you know, we the Lamborghinis of the world and the fact that all the bright colors and all that and the loudness. I mean, and don't get me wrong. This, driving this brought back feelings of driving the 675 LT uh, oh, it's north. Oh, that, ex- it's got true that Aston Martin oh, exhaust sound. Even though burble. it's a Mercedes V8 oh. and, Daimler, and Mercedes, uh, Mercedes Daimler yeah. motor and transmission. But, man, it's got the Aston Martin sound. Yeah. 
and it does it really well. And it's, everybody knows that nothing sounds as good as an Aston. And I was like, I would say, it, there's there's ample room in the back. Like, I mean, I, we, you, Dan and I don't usually like to do these these car reviews, but the fact of this, we literally we drove it this morning and we were recording tonight, and we thought it'd be kind of fun to kind of talk about it. And it's it's a different it's a different market because it's something that has really come into. Um, the world and the fact, I mean, I remember when BMW introduced the X5, I was just talking about this earlier today mm-hmm. and everybody went, no, that doesn't work. BMW makes sports cars. You don't make SUVs. Now, I mean, how many X, how many millions of X5s have they made? Yeah. And, I mean, and all these car companies have done this and they've expanded out. And obviously it's a profitability for a lot of people. It's like, you know, well, you the Cayenne, uh, the Cayenne saved Porsche yep. period. And the Urus is making a ton of money for Lamborghini. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's weird to see them often. Actually, I see Urus's often. I mean, that's a, that's an East Side thing, but they are there are a lot of them, which is weird. But there are these car companies that are making these mass productive cars that they didn't use. So, like Lamborghini, Urus is saving Lamborghini. We understand that, right? Mm-hmm. But Lamborghini was known as a company that was a low a low product car. Yeah. It it goes back to the same thing with the Ghibli. I love the Ghibli. You know that. But there's a lot of people that were true Maserati fans that hate the Ghibli because they were starting to be mass produced, mm-hmm. and Maserati was always this low number volume car. And I think that, you know, in order to keep up in this world, these, these car companies are doing this. Now, Aston, you know, Audi, uh, Lamborghini, BMW, they've done a really good job of introducing this into the market because they realize that if you love their car, their sports car, then you're going to love their SUV. There have been some crossovers and th- that people don't love, but... Porsche. <laughs> Calm down, Dick. But I'm saying, you know, it, it always seems like an abomination. I remember when we first started talking uh, years ago and the people were going, oh, Lamborghini's making an SUV, and you're going, no, that's stupid. I remember seeing the concept down in Monterey, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, eh, it's never going to work. But again, Here wrong. we are. <laughs> I remember Aston talking about this, and I'm thinking, okay, this will be interesting because I knew their luxury would come into it. It's just like when Rolls-Royce made the Cullinan. I knew it would work because it was just a, it was just a Rolls-Royce ghost or whatever on bigger suspension. Like, I knew... Yeah, that fits with Rolls-Royce and Bentley, though. Like, yeah. I was like, what... When Rolls Royce and Bentley brought out the uh, Cullinan and the Bottega, I was like, "What took you guys so long?" <laughs> not, not. Oh, that's odd. It was just like you know, you have a big rolling couch already. You might as well lift it up a little higher and hit some potholes. I mean, <laughs> well, there's all these markets that nobody's touched, and I think Land Rover has, you know, with the autobiography, has nobody's really touched that. Like the Queen of England's always driven in one. It's always been, and these cars are going to start to do that. They're going to start to take over that market. In fact, I asked the, our, our lovely host today when we were at Aston. I was like. Who's your market for this? Because I was thinking, I was thinking Land Rover, and you know, or, or I should say Range Rover. Yeah, know, Range but, Rover, not Land Rover. You know, but when I get in a Range Rover, even being a car person, it's so confusing. There's so many buttons, and there's so many things. There's a button for everything, and yeah. it'll probably break on the way to figure out which button does yeah. what. And, and, and it's British, so it'll cost you ten times as much to fix it. Well, and it's still, I mean, Range Rover at its heart has its purpose. The Range Rover still at its heart is an off-road company. And strangely enough, even your $190,000 top market Range Rover autobiography with every option under the sun is still pretty capable off-road, actually. Yeah. But there's trade-offs, like we talked about in our last episode. If you, built some, if you buy something that is built for off-road and drive it on the street, you'll get a ton of body roll, things like that, and they've compromised around that with, or not compromised, they've addressed that with better suspension and things like that, but it's still big and heavy and bulky, and it doesn't, it doesn't really, if, you, if you're driving one or the other, you're going to be polarized by one or the other. You're not going to cross-shop these and be like, oh, they're so close. Like, no, they're pretty different, actually. Um, they don't drive the same. They don't look the same. They both have a pretty good power, but this thing has awesome brakes. It handles great. Like, it, well, I think people are going to understand that they can have a luxury, a true super luxury SUV. And the simplicity of this car yeah. will, do, will do well. Yeah, and the Bottega's on here as a competitor, um, but I don't really see this competing with the Bottega audience, um, and mainly because 
even though the Bent- Bentley has done a good job of appealing to younger audiences, I've talked to Adam about this, Robertson, with uh, he's selling them. They've done a pretty good job with those things, but the the DBX I think is really going to hit the market, competing with the uh, the Cayenne Coupe Turbo and the Urus. And if you're if the Urus, which a well optioned Urus is two fifty plus, and this is a well optioned DBX is just a little over two hundred, and a, Cay- a Cayenne Coupe Turbo is also is going to be in the 150 to 200 range. So they're right about there. But this is something a little more classy and a lot less um, blended, I should say. A Cayenne Cayenne Coupe Turbo or a Cayenne Turbo, any of them, they're everywhere. And anybody, unless you really know Porsches, it's just another Cayenne worth a tenth of what you bought it for the minute you bought it because it's another Cayenne. It's a great car, but they're just, they're like 911s. Unless you know 911s, a GTS is a Carrera 4 is a Turbo. I, I don't know if this is an original thought, and I may be having it, I may not be having it. And if I had it, then I'm taking credit for it. <laughs> but I feel like a lot of Bentley Bentayga owners just owned Bentleys while they were waiting for their Urus to come in. Maybe. Because it's, it, it was the only thing they could get at the time that was going to be that luxury market. Um, and the funny thing is, is and I, when, I, when I think back to the release of the Bentayga and seeing some of the, the large NFL football players that were there that couldn't get in the back seat of the car when somebody was driving... <laughs> um, and you know it didn't make sense and there was a lot of and I know there were, I know for a fact I know several people that had bought bought Bentegas they, they had Bentegas they drove a Bentega while they were waiting for their Urus or they were waiting for some other yeah. big SUV so I think this is this Aston, Aston needs this <laughs> they, need, oh, yeah. they need they need and, and if maybe if this can come in, I, don't, I don't think there's a lot of people out there that say that Aston is in trouble which I don't think they are I think that they well, need they need a, they need a rejuvenation, and this may be it. That's probably more like it. This, the, I mean, Aston, McLaren, companies like that have dealt with trouble. I think they're a little overdue in in building this, but I'm glad they did it so well from the beginning because this is a really nice car to drive. Yeah. Um, yeah, we should do our Carter Super Tip of the Week because one of the things that I did notice in this thing right away is how well I can see out of it. It was really comfortable to drive. And um, our Carter Super Super Tip of the Week has a little bit to do with that this week, and I want to talk about something really simple that people. I don't say take for granted, probably didn't know how it works, and that's auto-dimming uh, mirrors, which are kind of kind of a cool, simple process. So um, the mirror itself consists of two layers of glass and with a, gl- a layer of, like, a gel between them. And if you've ever seen, uh, <laughs> I hate to say it, but Audi is famous for this, one of those mirrors burn out. Yes. You'll see that brown kind of burning thing they have. When those burn out, that gel fries. It, uh, it overheats, and then it, it cracks into the mirror, and it's stained like that dark brown. That's actually because that gel uh, has... Basically, it's stuck in that color mode. It's electroactivated. And so an electrical current goes through it. Um, and there's usually a photo sensor. You'll see like a little tiny dot in the mirror. If you look for it really, really close, manufacturers have gotten really good about hiding this little thing. That sensor has gotten to the size of like a pinhead now. But it hits that. It takes in that light. And then it adjusts the voltage, um, kind of like a magnetic shock in a way. It adjusts that voltage uh, accordingly and dims the mirror accordingly based on the light coming back at it. And you'll notice that uh, in... Most well, and all of them really, with those sensors, like your right side mirror might be as might not be as dim as your left, and your rear view mirror might be different as well. So it takes in like your rear window tint for account. Um, some cars, if you have rear window tint, I'm bringing this up, can throw off that sensor because they'll see reflection off the rear tint on the glass. And some of the newer stuff can auto compensate for that, like they expect rear tint. Like a lot of vehicles have factory rear tinting, a lot of trucks do for that matter. Um, but some older vehicles, you'll see where if you have uh, the rearview mirror on. Uh, Actually, not even 
older, my Corvette was famous for this. You had to turn it off in the C7. If you tinted your windows, you had to turn off the rearview mirror dimming. Yeah. Luckily, the side mirrors would still dim. But if you had the rearview mirror dimming on and you had a rear tinted window, it was just black the whole time because it saw the reflection off the glass behind you and assumed that it had bright light at the mirror the whole time. If you're old and you remember this, there, before auto dimming, they had things where you'd, you'd grab this tab on yeah, the bottom. Of the mirror. I, I never got that because it would go at a different angle, but then you it would. The mirror glass itself would twist. Um, yeah. the, and it's really cool. Yeah, it's, it's, it's simple stuff, but uh, you would also get kind of a weird reflection in it if yeah. you ever noticed. And that was, uh, that I forget, there's a, the name of the effect of that, I forget uh, what it's called, but there is a scientific term for that. I can't remember what it's called. Drinking while driving. Uh, Troxler effect. Oh, trox- is it's, uh, it's trox- called the tro- Troxler effect. That was going to be my next guest, yeah. The optical illusion you see when you get that weird kind of like reflection in the mirror yeah. and you do that old school flip. That's what's called the Troxler effect. Interesting. Anyway, that's our Carter Shebrew tip of the week, and it's uh, overdue for our first break, but we come back. Yeah. We'll talk more about uh, some of the quirks on this thing, but mm-hmm. also a lot of the fun. Yeah. We'll be right back. We spend an average of eight hours and 41 minutes a day facing screens. Laptops, smartphones, tablets, even digital refrigerators. But what are we really connected to? Isn't it time you connected to something greater? Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty for people who love cars. And we're back. Here we are. And we're talking super SUVs. Wherever you go, there you are. (laughs) You're welcome. Thank you. I'm very mellow. Today. I feel wi- wiser now. Wiser. <laughs> I also feel wider. Wider, wiser. Now, yeah, wiser. Would you be wider than a, 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 a Urus? Or yeah. Okay. yeah. 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 So, um, boy, I'm looking at the sheet because okay. I wanted to talk about and compare these things. Because um, we do have some listeners that buy these. I mean, a lot of people think this is outlandish, but I mean, there's there's plenty of people who can afford these cars, and they're pretty awesome. <laughs> um, oh God, if I could, yeah. Yeah. Um, so. We were talking today. I think the Urus is the the one you buy if you want to be seen in your SUV. It's 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 still Lamborghini. It's still flashy. It's still loud. You can blend in the Urus. I have seen a couple of Uruses that that blend. That kind of you know the shape in itself though. As far as an SUV goes, I mean, if you're driving an SUV, I don't think anything gets more louder than an Urus to look at. But I'm just saying, like there, there's I've seen like a white and there's black wheels and it, it's simple. Like yeah, I, there's one on my road. You can actually. blend. Yeah, you can. It's it's not. It's not the best, but you can blend. Um, like I said, I, like I said, I think this blends a lot better. I mean, it doesn't. It does. It's not. It's not loud. It's not like the Urus. It's just you look at it and you see something special. And I think that's just Aston Martin in general. When you look at an Aston Martin, even if I mean everybody loves the, an Aston, they just they're classy, beautiful cars. It's a British GT muscle car. Um, Unless you're a really big guy and you don't fit in it. That's true. <laughs> well, the Astons are pretty comfortable to fit. Like, even, even big people fit yeah. in Astons. Do they? <laughs> I'm, I'm picking I think, at the end uh, of the table yeah, here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Aston Martin owner. I'm, num- I'm number one. I get it, Joe. Thank you. Um, <laughs> oh, now I'm number two. Uh, <laughs> I think that this is an interesting market to me because the idea of the 200 to $300,000 SUV has always perplexed me. I love there's competition in that market. I get yeah, I do too. And I have a feeling that we're going to see we're we're going to see competition I think uh from uh Ferrari. Ferrari will be in this market very soon. Yeah, I've heard that. Um you look at how well the Levante did with when Maserati brought it in. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, and that, that's ba- again, I will admit it. That's a that's a Ghibli with better suspension. <laughs> that's pretty, you know. Yeah, I will say uh of all the ones I've driven, 
that was actually the one I was probably the least impressed with <laughs> because I was like, I just buy a Ghibli. <laughs> well, that, and that's and the two. I was when I drove that, the guy's like, "Did you like it?" I was like, "No, it feels like the Ghibli." Yeah, <laughs> I was like, you know, but I, I mean, I get it. But like, we were looking at the catalog and and and, and that beautiful, beautiful book they gave us, and I was laughing because they have a, a wonderful picture with, you know, some of the accessories and things like that. And there's a bike rack, and I'm like. This is not the car I would put my I would drag my bike up the side of to to to, to put it on to, on top of the car. <laughs> I know but, people that would though, people who could afford one. I mean, really? I mean, here's yeah, my I, thing. If I don't I'm think they be, would do it on the top though. They would put it. They would use a, a hitch round hitch or something. Hitch, I don't know, but I just it's not the it's not the car I would use that for. Like I feel like if I owned this car, I'd still own a Subaru to take it in deep into the woods. But like. You know, if you watch the what like two episodes ago, Top Gear, they raced a, the Q the RS Q8 up a hill. Um, yeah, and, um, yeah, they did have pretty this well, but um, you know, and, and I could see you know opening up the back and letting out my hounds to to go you know falconing um, throughout the the country. <laughs> I was say, it does not have a falconing option like the uh, Rolls Royce, the Cullinan. Is the Cullinan or the Bottega that comes it's, with the falconing option? Uh, it's the Cullinan, and it's also <laughs> the one where you have to you can't put pets in the back because it's a totally sealed airtight compartment, and you'd kill them. <laughs> so there's that. But um, details. Details. Um, there are there are some things like we said. There's some quirks that, 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 that this being a first year for first production needs to needs to happen. Like, yeah, we should we should be fair and talk about those because yeah. there were some quirks that we didn't like um, that there's, I'm sure will be fixed. There's no touch screen. Like, there's no touch screen. Welcome to 2020. <laughs> right. Yeah. And the doors don't soft close, no. um, which is like in in all the other ones. If you if you the door touches the frame, basically, like you're entering the vehicle. It. it grabs it and pulls the door shut. And yeah. this has pretty heavy doors. And it has uh, the rear doors, I noticed, have an interesting hydraulic assist so that it can't slam on you if the wind catches it. That's smart. Yeah. But no soft close, which is really odd. And, um, I feel and like that's I'm, a good way to not lose a toddler. Right, to a yeah. yeah. Um, no. And we're going to get this thing has a ton of really awesome features, so don't worry. But we're going to give you the bad yeah. news up front for yeah. you uh, future owners. That was the only two real, real things that I picked apart on this vehicle. Um, the other one was, which is kind of odd for 2021. This is a 2021, not 2020, a 21. And it didn't have USB-C ports. Uh, weird only because it's a 21, and basically everything, including Ford, comes with USB-C at this point. So it feels like they were a little late to the game in that, but... Easily fixed with an adapter, but it was still one of those things. Hey, when I'm paying 200 grand for a car, I can be a little more nitpicky about things like that. Yeah. Uh, other than that, uh, it has some a lot of really interesting things that you might not notice at first that I really loved. Well, and I think there's something that I learned when early tonight too. Um, Aston Martin and is it Jimmy Choo? Jimmy Choo used the same leather and the same stitching on the shoes, yeah. which is it, noticeable. The, uh, the intricacy that goes into the in, the interiors of these cars and 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 the stitching and the the patterns, like I mean, there's a pattern that's on the seat that it, it's incredible the way it's cut. These these circular yeah. cuts and, and back back sewn and the suede and things like that. It's a very and you look at the back of the seat. If you were in the back, you could look at that seat and you could very easily be a carbon fiber bucket, like the way it looks and the way it's oh, shaped. Oh yeah, so it's really beautiful. It does live up to the Aston Martin hype as far as the interior quality, like the like the suede. It's Alcantara, but the the artificial suede, the Alcantara headliner. And the leather seats, like you said, the Jimmy Choo thing. Um, and when you're in a $200,000 market, you get to be picky about those kind of things. Yeah. You are going to look for those things, and those things do matter in that market share. It sounds ridiculous, but hey, if I'm spending that much, the leather pull straps on the on the the handles, I mean. They well, and I think that was brought up to us, too, and, and it's kind of interesting. Well, you know, when you go in to buy your, your Land Rover autobiography, they go, okay, do you want black or do you want black? And do you want white interior? Do you want black interior? It's pretty simple. But this is a very bespoke car. 
it always it's it's a typical Aston Martin in the fact that you don't this is I don't this is not going to be a car you're going to go into a dealership and it's going to, going to buy it right off the lot. No. Um you could. The, you but. could. I mean it, it, there will be options like that, but this is a car that you're going to be able to do the most bespoke details to this car to 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 make it your DBX, not make it somebody else's DBX, which I think is interesting because you know, well, again, that's you know, any high-end car you're going to do that with that. You're going to spec out a car. I mean, Porsche does it really well. Lamborghini does it really well. Ferrari does it okay. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. I'm, I'm laughing. I'm going through the book in front of me because I wanted to have the reference here. But mm-hmm. some of these names are so spot on; they make me laugh. But mm-hmm. I'm looking at the market for thinking of the market of the vehicle. Yes, the Aspen Escape yes. theme, or the Bohemian Escape, or how about the Malibu Opera, or the Metropolitan Spritz. Or the Capri Machine, or the Mojave Minimalist, Urban hmm. Fighter, which is a that uh, classic Aston uh, metallic orange okay. regatta. Oh, th- these, which are, would, these are colors. You're, you're they're not just colors. They're like packages that kind of they're like meant to okay. inspire as you build uh, the regatta. Which would absolutely look at this. I'm like, yep, that would probably be somebody who matches their yacht. Oh, of course. <laughs> if you're going to have this. This is something that I would definitely see. Is like I could see you pulling into Monaco. This pulls down on the dock to pick you up to take you up to lunch yep. as you come off off of your yacht. Um, the luggage has almost got me sold. I, 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 I tell you, like <laughs> the luggage, I would own without the car. But right. um, it's it's incredible. Uh, it, it's it's just different. It's 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 a different market. Like I said, I said that before the break. This is a different market to talk about. To talk about an SUV. Like growing up when we were kids, you you bought Suburbans, which. The idea yeah. that a Suburban now is over $100,000 is, is incredible to me. Like, you can get a fully loaded Suburban that's over 100 I mean, like, yeah. I remember, like, Tahoes and Suburbans were, like, forty or $50,000. Loaded, was, yeah. Like, loaded, like, yeah. you know. And Inflation has changed. Inflation has changed, yes. <laughs> yeah, Back market. in my day, <laughs> shaking my fist in the air. But Well, I mean, you've got $100,000 trucks. So keep that in mind as people are thinking and probably listening to this feeling how ridiculous this sounds. Keep in mind that a, you could load up an F-350 Platinum with every option and you would be at $100,000. Yeah. So going to a luxury SUV that is literally built and inspired by the British countryside and the estates up there, this is not as outlandish as it sounds. I did not there's see a, a shotgun package, though. It's, yeah, it's I did not. Yeah, there isn't a birding yeah. package. Maybe that's just a... a birding package, But yes. who used to do that? Because you had a pheasant hunting package. Is that, is that Land still... Rover, Land, that Rover, Land Rover. Land Rover yeah. did it. Yeah, because you, and you had the flip-out seats that came out of the back, too. And, there, yep. and, the, and you could also get it where the shotgun rack and there was a, there was a, a champagne rack in the back there, too. Yes, so. Very cool. For all those times you go shotgunning and champagneing, or <laughs> shotgunning champagne, or whatever the hell it is. I mean, did the British do anything right? No. <laughs> that sounds like a really fun time. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah. yeah, to accidentally shoot your friend, but a really fun time nonetheless. Ask the friends of Dick Cheney. It's happened. Yeah, um, you know, Cheney exactly. Yes, exactly. Would that the be Dick like Cheney the American edition. version of that? Absolutely. Smile. You're full of buckshot. <laughs> that was pheasant. He was fine. Uh huh. Sure. Keep telling yourself that. No, I mean, I, I, I. I I keep reiterating this. It'd be the Clinton edition if it was Buckshot. Oh, my God. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you know, I'm supposed to be the one that's the problem here. <laughs> I think that it's this is a market that we're going to continue to see. We're going to st- continue to see growth in this market. Well, I mean, look at this. It's, it's, it's funny to talk about as, like, some specialized thing, but, I mean, there's four. If you look at the sheet we have, we have four cars that they're trying to compete with, basically, their compete sheet, which this thing does very well on. We're going to get to in a second. But, I mean, it also doesn't include the Cullinan. So it doesn't include the uh, the Range Rover. Like there are 
six vehicles in the $200,000 range, like just off the top of my head, and I'm, I'm sure I feel like I'm missing one. What am I? I know there's another one out there I'm missing in that $200,000 range, but it's just Tesla's no <laughs> soon no. probably. Yeah, I mean I don't know what I'm trying to. I don't, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else out there. That's that's a really good thought though. Of like who else is out there in the market besides Lamborghini, Audi? Oh, the R- Audi. That's what I was saying. Oh, the the R- RSQ8 R- is almost. It's it's the RSQ8 is still the 150 range I think when they're loaded up. But still, the fact that you have that many vehicles in the 150 to 200,000, up but to 300 plus in Rolls Royce. But size wise and and comfort wise, like I would almost compare this Audi wise to an RS6 Avant. Yeah, actually, that's a really good call. This yeah. uh, I haven't. We have not driven the RS6 Avant yet. They're no, out. but if anybody has one and would love to give us the keys, we'd love to drive it. I'd love yeah. to just sit in it. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I would love to check one of those out. We should definitely do. Actually, I, I know somebody who's getting one, so okay. we will follow up on that. Yeah. Um, but that's actually this reminded me more of that, of that, like a um, it's a shooting brake kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. like a, this driving it, I actually think of more the Panamera Turbo S yeah. than I do the Cayenne because this really, really felt like a car. In the best way. I'm happy to say that. When I was in the Urus. That transition just happened. Dan and I did not plan it. I don't know where I pulled that out of, but yeah. Yeah, that's straight (laughs) on though. Um, The Urus and especially the Bentley and the the Rolls-Royce are definitely the SUV. And the the Urus, as funny as it sounds, that thing handles great, stops great. It has incredible brakes. Better stop brakes. And as fast (laughs) as hell. So just for comparison, the... The Aston Martin does 0 to 60 in 4.3, top speed of 181. It's no slouch, to say the least. The Bottega does it in 4.4, top speed 180. The Urus and the Porsche, 0 to 60 in 3.6 and 3.7. And the Urus top speed 190 miles an hour. So in spite of this thing, when I drove it, feeling tight, nimble, it still felt like a big SUV. And as we said earlier on paper, it's really not that much bigger. The Cayenne handled extremely well. I hate the controls on the Cayenne, but uh, it that thing also drives like a sports car. The Macan, I think, is a better choice for most people. But this, this is more like the Panamera Turbo. I could drink this thing into the track, which is, I'm not saying that to, to hype it and promote it. You literally, like, this thing drives like a sports car. And fun fact, we found out, we were told, and we tested, in Sport Plus mode, this baby's rear-wheel drive. Not, yeah, you got to be real careful. And with you that. Gotta, yes, you got to be real, real careful. careful with that. Yeah, yeah, it likes to kick that ass sideways, which is awesome. Uh, it's a ton of fun to drive like that. It's, but, but I will say the car was incredibly responsive. And like I said, yeah. we did not. I, w- I want to be very clear. We, we don't go out looking for this. But I was coming off of, of coming out of Kirkland Bellevue Way, and we're getting onto 520, and we had it, and I, I nailed it getting on the freeway. The rear end wanted to come out, but yeah, that's just a car, little bit. But the car, like, and a lot of times, even if you know how to drive, and people know this, you, you get that pucker factor. The Nothing. car didn't even allow the pucker factory. It put it right back in the line and put me straight down the freeway, which is, you know, it reminds me a lot of Porsche and the fact yeah. that it's like it, it didn't allow you, even, even with the, and it, it, you can never turn all the nanny stuff off. But I wasn't looking to do that. What I was really looking to do is get on the freeway and, and see the acceleration, you know, getting up to 60, of course, because we'd never go over 60, and then, <laughs> and then coming back down. But, um, yeah. Yeah. It, even it was, from the passenger side, it was like, yeah. Never even flinched. It was no. just like, no, the car's got it sorted, and it just well, and great when you chassis. Look, and when you look at what, what, what's wrapped around that engine, that engine is is known. I mean, you, you pop that the hood, you see you have that same badge on that AMG that, that yep. you're going to see when you pop the, the hood on, on a, in any other beautiful Mercedes. But um, this is something different. Um, yeah, I didn't think Mercedes when I got in it. No. there It has some things that if you have driven Mercedes, the, the dial controls, things like that, there are some definitely some crossover between Daimler Chrysler and this in the vehicle, but it drives Aston. Yeah. And that's a good thing. Uh, the Lamborghini, on the other hand, 
and the Cayenne and the Audi, I'm assuming, which <laughs> I'm assuming because they all drive Volkswagen Auto Group. They all drive Audi. Yeah. Um, I, and I will say that the Urus reminded me, and I, I got kind of a nasty look for this when we were driving, and I said, oh, it's a lifted, uh, at the time I said, it's a lifted RS7 with, nah. with a better tune. And they were like, it's got different heads. <laughs> it's the same motor with different heads, yeah. and it's it's definitely tuned to Lamborghini. But every, you know, everybody knows the uh, the R8 and the uh, Hur- uh, Huracan are the same car, or the same power plant tuned differently, same transmission, all that. And that's not a bad thing. That's what made Lamborghini <laughs> stay in business, and they drive awesome. But... This is uh this is not that you can't go in this and expect a Mercedes and it doesn't drive like the rest of them in the in a good way. Well, I want to talk about something that's in this market because it's something I really don't know much is that is the 2021 Cayenne Coupe Turbo. Coupe, yeah, Coupe. It's still a four door, right? Yeah, it's just the it's stupid Porsche terms again. Um, yeah, it just has that that different slant on the back. That's so it. It's it's the same it's the same it's Cayenne like, US, SUV, but the, it's a different back on it. Yeah, it's okay. like if you squashed a Panamera shooting brake and that's, uh, oh, that's okay. I'm just trying. Yeah, yeah, okay. just the more slant on the rear. It's an okay. aerodynamics thing, I think. I don't quite understand it with the okay. Cayenne. I, 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 you know, I'm going to be honest with you. Like when we first went into this, I didn't quite understand what that was. But you know, Porsche, just add another model. <laughs> that being true, I mean the Panamera, and I'm a the, the I Panamera love my shooting brake is one of my favorite. Yeah, it's an awesome car. Uh, I mean, Porsche makes great cars. And the one-offs that you get, they, some of the people took some of those other, those Aston Martin Superleggeros and made them into shoot, shoot, shooting brakes. And they're gorgeous cars. But yeah. I think that, I don't know, I'm trying to think, like, I'm trying to describe the owner of this car. Because I, when, I, when I got back, I went, you know, this is a, this is a fun car. This would be a great road trip. Like we, we were, I was, I was oh, saying yeah. that it would be a wonderful, like, rally car to be able to, like, you know, that you'd be able to keep up on the rally. I mean... If you I, still want to do the, the the meats that are on those wheels, I mean, and there are big ass tires on that car. Yeah, I mean, it it it's meant to be driven, and it's meant to be driven hard. And I, but factory twenty two inch wheel standard. Yeah, keep that in mind. Giant eight piston calipers. Do you remember when factories were sixteen inch rims? You yeah, give, yeah, and that was big. Yeah, so it's got huge brakes. Um, so take that back. It does. They're steel though. Yeah, so, well, it has optional carbon ceramics. I saw that. Um, why not? It, right. Yeah. Now, the Urus is the king of that with the 17.3-inch rotor, rotor. <laughs> under a 21-inch optional up to 23-inch wheel. Yeah. Uh, and then the Cayenne's got those new surface-coated and carbon ceramic option. Have you seen those, the white ones? Mm-mm. I'll make that a Carter Super Tip of the Week. They have a new micro-coating on their rotors, which uh, it's a tungsten carbon something. If it's a coating, though, it's going to come off. Yeah, but it's like diamond hard so getting that coating off is supposed to be lifetime ro- uh, rotor just like the carbon ceramics but not quite as lifetime i just but yeah it's if unless you get a rock in your car we're ceramics, definitely gonna have to look into that because i the, the white is what determines it you know how they do the different colors on porsches to determine the, oh, the, the, the caliper colors you're talking yeah about. the yeah. caliper's white yeah. so the rotor it indicates a different type of brake and okay. the yellow is the carbon ceramic and the red is the steel sport and yeah. then the gray is the standard steel non-sport so you got, you know, gray is poor people, Porsche's uh, red is... Uh, <laughs> no. That's the thing, right? <laughs> okay, no, so. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Interesting. So, so but uh, this thing stopped great, drives great, drives great. It's got big big brakes, big tires, big wheels. I mean, it's it's cool. But suspension is something we should talk about because it handled way better than we expected. And I expected differences when I... I didn't know this. I should. I think he told me this, but I didn't register it until after we came back. This thing has air ride all the way around. Yeah. And it... Uh, that's, I realized it when I was playing with it. But yeah. Right, yeah. Okay. And so it'll go uh, in Sport Plus mode. It's So it's 
three inches, it'll lower it three inches from standard, and then in terrain mode, it'll raise it three inches from standard. So it's about six inches of uh, adjustability, which is a lot. It's pretty high up there when you're in terrain mode, um, which will be, no one will probably ever use, but it's kind of cool that it's there. But in Sport Plus, it's really noticeable. Or in Sport, it'll drop down as well, and you can manually yeah. raise and lower it. From the rear. Yeah, from that the was, rear. That was the, that was the one. You open it up in the back, and like, and it, it's really... It's it's a something for simple, but like, literally, there's two buttons there, and it's it, it reminds you of old school like air. Like you push a button, and the dro- the rear end just drops. Yes, yeah, so you can like load if, easier. Like if you had to put a dog or some, you know, roll grandma into the back of the car, whatever you want to do. But um, it, it it's a it's a it's a something you look at and you go, that's a stupid feature. But then you go you, you go, oh well, this makes sense. Like all of a sudden, I'm trying to lift groceries out of here, and it's it, it makes it's yeah. Something it's if you're in terrain mode, you can drop yeah. it six inches. That's a huge difference, and Absolutely. it's got a ton of rear cargo room. Funny thing, though, so air ride has become the norm. Air ride used to be this thing you worried about or it was only in either really crappy cars that you didn't want. Or Impalas. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. something that was really classic and you wanted dropped or it was in heavy-duty trucks. Now it's pretty much the standard uh, on SUVs. And it's, it's to be fair, it's still very unreliable in all Range Rovers. <laughs> they all break. I don't yeah. know. And Range Rovers. But yep. in everything else, it's pretty standard and pretty reliable. Uh, so the Bottega takes it and the Rolls-Royce are like ultimate comfort. When you have the air ride on those, they're super smooth. Like, they're just made to kind of remove you from the road. In the Urus, in the Porsche, and in the DBX, they're very sport-tuned, which it's it's a new generation. Are they, are they combined with air and, that, and, hydraulic. and, and the hydraulic yeah, electric so or whatever? What's, what's the technology where the electricity goes through? The magnetic ride. And so, no, they're not. Okay. Um, they do. Porsche has that, but not in the Cayennes. Uh, and, you know, Ferrari and everybody else has that, but not in the SUVs. It's still air and height adjustable. So, and the difference here is their variable spring rate with that height. So it's not just an air chamber plus spring. It's actually the spring rate's adjustable with the air volume. And these are heavy duty. Like you can get sport air ride now. It's a thing. It works. We've caught up with the technology. It's cool. I I, I think that I look down the road and I go, what's it going to cost to fix it? (laughs) That's my thing. Like, you know, ever since we started talking, we've talked about it a hundred times on the show is the, you know, the roof of the, uh, the Audi, the, the Audi, you know, um, these parts are great and they're comfortable and they make the ride comfortable. But the minute it breaks, like, I mean, I remember some of the older Benz, those, those two doors before they were the S class two doors, like, and they have, they were notorious for their air suspension blowing out. And all of a sudden your car is going down, like look, looking like, well, even the Range Rovers were famous for that yeah. when they so, first came out, you know, you, it's only, so, you know, they last so long. And I'm, I'm wondering what, and I'm not talking about Aston in general. I'm talking about air suspensions in general. Well, it's been around a long time. I mean, Toyota had, what was it called? I don't remember what it stands for, but it's KDSS. I don't remember what that stands for, okay. but that was the system that it was called. It had these weird, like... Uh, Pucks, weren't they? Or no, like... they were like balls with tubes oh, you're right. in and out of them. These yeah. weird little tube things. And everybody just kind of uh, disconnected them and went with standard springs when they broke. <laughs> because it's it was, easier. Well, yeah, because it was a, a, mountain, or, you know, yeah. a mountain of money to replace them. But they've become the norm now. Like, everything has them now. So I think we're probably seeing a lot more longevity out of those uh, for the most part. Like, you don't see it. I don't hear it as, as much anyway. I still don't understand the technology. Like, I look, you look at semis when they, when they air up their bags. And, <sighs> I mean, it's, and it's like, and yeah. these, those airbags are lifting tens of thousands of pounds of, of mm-hmm. cargo. And I'm like, how is that not blowing out the side or the, 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 the you know, I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. We it's, should we should actually look into that. Like, farther than a Carter Subaru tip of the day. Like, I'd be curious to see how airbags are made. Like, because it's like in my mind, I'm looking at it going, okay, you got a metal plate on the top, a metal plate on the bottom, and you got basically rubber yep. glued to it. <laughs> so it's really only as strong as the glue that holds the bag. <laughs> so interesting. Yeah, um, we should talk to Ben from H HKP. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, they do a bunch of installs for those. Yeah. And yeah, but it's not 
the technology's come a long I way. I think you're right. It's reliable now. I mean, when, when, I, mean I remember putting air rides well, more in, importantly, in, into it's, Civics, it, and it was horrible. Yeah, more importantly, though, it's a, it's a performance mod now. Yeah. Like, back in the day, it was like it was strictly for overload or for ride height on, like, your big, bulky SUV that just floated down the road and handled terribly. Now these cars actually use it, and it works as a performance modification. Not it's modification. Not, it's not for slamming my Civic onto the grass? <laughs> it still could be, but, <laughs> but I mean, it's it's impressive that they can actually use air ride as something in performance now. Sure, that's what I'm getting at, yeah. and that's cool that it works so well in this because I did not it's know that really until I came back. Comfortable, like I was really surprised. Like this car surprised me. I, I guess it, it, this opportunity kind of came to us last minute. I mean, yeah, and 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 so I never really thought about driving this car, but like when I first walked up to it, I, I did. I thought it was going to be a lot bigger. Mm-hmm. Even though it it is rather large, like I mean, we were we were I was making the roadhouse joke, it's deceptively it. large. Yeah, it was de- you know, um, but it it was a car that I was not ready to really see. I I didn't I didn't know that needed to be there, but it's it's so interesting because I understood the Urus because the Urus was always going to be my own. My husband owns an SVJ. I want a Lamborghini. I'm getting a Urus kind of thing. Yeah, like, I mean that that has literally been said to me. Just so we're clear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's not that's not. I'm not trying to be sexist or anything, but. Um, this is a different. I think this is going to be, go along the same way. I think this. We were talking about you could be chauffeured in this car. Oh yeah, it's got a huge. It's back very seat. luxurious, like very luxurious, and it's it's very comfortable. So with the driver's seat adjusted for me in the driving position, I'm six one. I still was comfortable in the back seat with my head upright. And Todd, who was with us, our friend Todd, is six four, and he sat in the same seat, and he still had room. So to say this thing has a lot of rear leg room is not an understatement. Yeah, it is a very comfortable back seat. Not Cullen and Bottega backseat, but that's literally made to have a chauffeur. <laughs> I mean, there, there's there's a difference in comfort with rolls. I mean, the Cullinan's nice, but it's like, I think yeah, some of the times when handle. you're in the back of an SUV like that, you're going, it just feels good because my feet are sitting in mink. <laughs> mink carpet or whatever. It's like, it's, is the uh, seat that comfortable? It's wool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What, what do you call it? It like feels like mink. Sheepskin? It's sheepskin wool. Like the real thick pile it's, stuff you don't want to wear it's shoes what, in. It's well-loved sheep, I'll tell you that. Right yeah. Now, so, <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah, in the Cullen and not yeah. the not the the Aston Martin, but those cars don't handle, and this thing no. does. So no. that, this thing is a sports car drive and a, and a luxury SUV, which is cool. I'd like to see it and to see what the engine would be like off road. Not necessarily rock climbing, but like lower torque kind of climbing up a, a snow hill or yes. seeing how that would the work. The snow is where you're hitting right there. Yeah. Like so they they the Aspen weekend or whatever the Aspen, the Aspen edition. Okay. <laughs> the Aspen edition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it, so this is that's where this thing you'll see this thing though. It totally is an Aspen car. I've been through oh Aspen God, this will be parked outside every four seasons around the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. exactly. And I, I am curious how the terrain modes work because it has two terrain modes and I'm sure they've thought of this. Actually, that just popped in my head. This is going to be the type of car that you're going to see that when you go to a high-end hotel, it's, it's in snow. This this is what, you know, like there's a lot of, like during the summer, they'll have rolls to drive you around. In the winter, they'll have these to drive you around because it, it's that type of luxury. Like you're going to go to a Four Seasons and they're like, oh yeah, we'll take you down to your house and they'll put you in one of these and take you down there kind of thing. Yeah. This is this is a, the ultimate sleigh, I would think. And although putting snow tires on those twenty-two inch rims would be not cheap, so I feel like that's given the given the market though the the popularity of that size is probably more than we think. I no, I, I'm just saying it's still. Uh, oh, I'm sure it's probably three four hundred bucks yeah, a tire. Yeah, <laughs> but I I think I think when I, I can see this sitting outside a winter village in in Whistler with a couple of these that you know as the valet w- drives you around the town or whatever. I think that yeah. could be yeah. 
I'm, just, I'm trying to describe this car better. I, do, there's just I, I think this is the guy who wants a leg up on all the other Range Rovers and Cayennes at the golf course. Yeah. And, and they're going to get it because it's not so loud that you want to be the guy who's screaming, look at me and what I bought. But it's somebody's going to walk down the line of cars at the country club and look at this thing. And you're like, oh, that's different. That's yeah. nice. I think you're going to pull into the golf course. You're going to go golfing. When you come back, there's going to be a ton of people around it because you're, you're going to have 47 black Land Rover autobiographies and you're going to have this car and it stands out. Yeah. You don't necessarily, it's going to be a car that people are going to walk by and then they're going to come back and go, wait a minute, what was that I just walked by? Kind of yeah. Thing. I was driving through, we were driving through Kirkland, went through a construction zone and there was a, uh, a, a flagger, a sign holder flagger, a kid. And he looked at it and he did a double take, like, wait a minute, is that? And then he looked at it again. And he started talking to his buddy, like, Hey, that's that new Aston. And I could tell like he was, it had clicked like, Oh, Hey, that's not, yeah. you know, that's something different, which was kind of cool. To that's see. not a Hyundai. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, fun times. Let's take our next break, and we'll be right back. Grandpa, what do you call this thing again? It's a 66 Ford Bronco. I think you got ripped off. Why is that, honey? It's got no Wi-Fi, no USB port, no Bluetooth. Exactly. I guess we'll just have to talk. Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. Is that the window button? It's called a window crank. Cool. The faster I move it, the faster it goes down. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty. Being old is kind of cool, Grandpa. Works for me. For people who love cars. Hey, and we're back. Hey. Here we are. Yeah. Wherever you go. Yep. So, I mean, if you were in that price point, would you buy? Mm, to be fair, yes, but I would buy the second gen. You are so famous for saying that. Yeah, that is me, though. That's me to a me T. Because I really want a first-gen Bronco, and you're scaring me into, like, I'm, wanting a second-gen. I, I, I look at every, every vehicle from every company. Look at the— I don't appreciate your logic, okay? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how much this—see, this, I'm not the—I don't get excited about cars like people think, though. For me, they're a tool. I drive the out of them. Like that's my goal in buying a vehicle. But um, if I'm in that $200,000 price range, yeah, because this thing reeks of class. I, if anybody who knows me knows, I actually, my biggest problem with my Z06 is that it got too much attention. I loved the car, but I hated that everywhere I went, that thing was like a giant dude magnet. It was so quiet, though. Oh, I know. It's very subtle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I liked the Porsche because it had all the function, but it didn't actually have the flash. Uh, it did outside of here, but in this area that we're spoiled to live in, it was actually pretty uh, subtle. Um, this fits kind of that same mold, and that's why I like it. It also is why, like, to be fair, I do really like the Cayenne Turbo. I actually, I take that back. I like the Macan Turbo way more than the Cayenne, yeah. and I like the smaller size. This, though... Um, if I was in the market and had the money, you're n this is probably the nicest interior quality I've come across in a vehicle in a long time. It's true Aston Martin, and it drives like an Aston Martin. So it's fun to drive, which is rare to say in an SUV this size. It's easy to drive uh, at normal speed, and it's easy to drive at high speed, relatively, allegedly. Uh, and it's, uh, it's just beautiful. I like that it's a little different than everything else, but not wildly loud like the Urus, and I liked the Urus a lot when I drove it. The ones I didn't like, I didn't like the Bentayga or the Cullinan, not because I don't like them, just for myself. They were too big, a little too much, um, even though they were actually quite fast. Um, it was just a little too opulent, I guess is the word. That's a good way to put it. Um, so, yeah, I, if I was choosing, though, I mean, 
Aston Martin knocked out of the park. I think they did a fantastic job with their first SUV. Uh, it really is. It lived up to the hype, which a lot of cars don't. And as you know, Nick and I drive a lot of cars. A lot of cars don't live up to the hype. I don't usually talk about them on the show when they don't. I think it lives up to the DB brand. Yeah, exactly. I think, I think if you're going to put that, if you're going to put that badge on there, it's it's like Porsche putting turbo on something. We can bitch about the fact that the Taycan doesn't have a real engine or turbo, but that there's a re- there's a reason they put the word turbo on there. So right, yeah, it does. It, yeah, the Taycan lives up to the hype of the Taycan, of the tur- yeah. The ta- yeah. I don't even know how to say it right. That uh, one, the electric Porsche, one. but it does live up to the hype. If you've driven one, you're like, sure. holy crap, this is not a Tesla. And Teslas are great. I yeah. like them, but man, the Taycan is a Porsche. There's other insanity modes out there. Yeah, okay. the Taycan is definitely a Porsche, and that's a great thing. All right. Fair enough. So, and this is definitely, like you said, a DB. It's definitely Aston Martin. It's definitely a DB. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's cool. my thoughts. That's my closing thoughts. If you're closing in the market, thoughts. go check it out. It is a classy, classy car that does a lot well. There's elegance. Yes, it's elegance. Absolutely elegance with that car. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it shows in every little detail. Well, I want to talk to touch on something because it's local and people have been asking us about it. And, and I just, and I'm going to comment on it with that without commenting on it. And that's the SSC Tatuara whole thing that's going 331 on 331 mile an hour top speed allegedly allegedly yes we're going to hold off from saying anything until they rerun it i'm yes. going to i'm going to i'm going to be nice and i'm going to let them rerun it um i i have my own opinions on this and in and in private i would gladly tell people this but um i'm i'm going to look at this as somebody screwed up um uh you know this is not their first time trying to break a record they know how to do it they should have they it, it shouldn't have been this sloppy um even if it's right um, and uh, if you don't know what's going on, I, I highly suggest you go out and look at Shmi's video, and there's a lot of in, interesting evidence on this. It's, a, I mean, and I will say this. I think the car is capable of what they say it'll do. I just think that the, 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 the equipment they had on board at the time, there were some issues. So If you're going to run a top-speed record run, if you're going to break a record, period, yeah. you want overwhelming evidence yeah. that you broke that record. So... That left a bit of a bad taste in my mouth mm-hmm. with this because they should have had overwhelming evidence. But that's my point. They've done this before. Yeah. They know. You know. And if it, the basis of it is they went, they ran it, they did it in two different ways. They only had one source of GPS to, to market, which doesn't make sense. They didn't have anybody there from Guinness. They didn't have anybody there from the GPS company. Jared Shelby knows better. Um and I think he's been scolded enough. But people have brought it up to us because, obviously, SSC is out of Washington State. Yeah, they're <laughs> so, in our backyard. Yeah, so. um, Tri-Cities. And, and, and Tri-Cities. So I'm gonna, at, the, at this time, we're going to hold off. I know, I know we're saying something without saying something. But, um, you know, if, I think the best thing they could do right now is go out there, put every monitoring system on that car, and blow the record away and, and make the world uh, – a faster place, I guess. I mean, yeah, <laughs> th- 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 these numbers are irrelevant because even if you're even if you're going to buy a car and you can afford that car, you're never going to drive that car that fast. It's never going to happen because it has to be the perfect conditions. That's the whole point about this record. It's it's you got to have the right road. You got to have it closed off. You got to have yep. So nobody's ever going to drive their Bugatti. The only place Bugatti can drive their cars that fast is on Bugatti's track. You're not, nobody's going to let Bugatti on that track. That's why SSC and, and, and Koenigsegg have done it on public, public roads. So we will see. Um, I, I hope, Jared, you know, as, as a local Washington, Washingtonian, I hope he goes out and blows it away. Me too. They've done it. I mean, they, they, they broke the record before, you know, and then Koenigsegg and Bugatti came back. So Yeah. 
which no, makes uh, it fun. That's the thing. Do it's we like, really need to go faster than 300 miles an hour, people? Can we? Let's just say this. Why not? That's, that's, I mean, like, <laughs> hey, if bullet trains can do it. It's true. Oh, yeah, great. Because those that's never gone bad. I uh, I hope so. I I want. That's the thing I want to make sure we get across. Is I want to see them succeed, sure. and I want them to be right, and I want this to work out because I, I competition's good for everybody, even said, if it's ridiculous. I want them to do it, but I also want Bugatti or Koenigsegg to come back and do it. Yeah, yeah. So. Like we hit 332. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And I and I think I think 330s. And this is my prediction. 330 to 340 is going to be the sticking point again. Because I remember when Bugatti started, like 250 was the sticking point. Uh-huh. Nobody could get by there. And I mean, you know, and, and everybody, yes, the, the new pure sport or whatever the hell from Bugatti does 301. We get that. But that's not a production car yet. So, yeah. Right. I remember when 200 was like bat insane. Right? If you remember that? Like, it's still, just so we're clear, yeah, 200 just so we're is still clear, it's insane. And I've gone yeah. really fast. Yeah. And getting up to 200, yeah. I, I have not done, is so much faster than you think. If you're one of those people that's only done like 115, 120, that's really fast. Yeah. Doing 150 is crazy fast. And then when you start pushing that 170 to one, like anything above like 150 really you start understanding aerodynamics in a way you never have before and as you get faster and you hit a bug you really understand aerodynamics and there's a lot of cars out there that that will go 200 miles an hour but it's not about going to 200 miles an hour it's being able to have enough room to stop from 200 miles an hour (laughs) or something stopping you like something stop because the places you can do that or places around here, you will yeah. hit deer. Yeah, 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 right. Sure. And if you have a death wish, a C6 Z06 with the mirrors folded in, it'll do 201, just so everybody knows. Like, mm-hmm. you can spend $35,000 on a car and do 200 miles an hour. You will probably Please die. Please don't. Please you will don't. probably die. The Please front don't. spoiler will probably rip off because they're riveted in with really crappy rivets because it's an old Chevy. The seats won't hold you in, and you will probably die. But I digress. Rain <laughs> City Supercars or RCS does not de- condone any speeding in there. <laughs> yes, yeah. no, you should do that. There, in there's a, there's a law course. thing there. Yeah, there yeah. are actually good closed courses you can do that though. Yeah, Silver State Classic so. Challenge. They shut down an entire section of highway. You got. Uh, well, I mean, they, and they do that in outside of um, Nevada. No, what's the where's Bugatti do it outside of Sun Valley? They oh yeah, yeah, speed runs so. Idaho. Yeah, yeah. So. Oh, I love Idaho. So do I. They love cars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, in Avant's news, uh, let's see here. There was that private collection tour outside of Oregon. <sighs> wish which, I could have gone. Yeah, really wishing I had dri- driven. That would have been worth the drive for one day. Yeah. Uh, the, that collection was better than even the photos. I don't know why Adam didn't up. change the schedule just for us. But I know. What the hell, Adam? Rude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, uh, if you missed out on that, you, you really missed out. That orange MC-12 alone would have been worth looking at. Mm-hmm. One of two, just beautiful. Um, coming up though, the 21st, uh, I will be actually out of, out of town. I've been telling people I was going to be there. I didn't realize I will be out of town. That's my fault. I have a, a family Thanksgiving away thing. I know Nick will be there. Um, he's driving to Oregon to buy car parts. I am. I'm <laughs> buying a lot of car parts in Oregon, but that's family. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. family. So, no, yeah. I will, I will be there. I don't know if I will be, uh, <laughs> partaking in the course this time, but I will be there. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So 21st, uh, it is sold out for really now. important for, uh, and Last time it was packed. It was great. It was a ton of fun. Everybody who hasn't done that needs to go do it, even if you can only, like, spectate. I don't know if that's a thing. I, I, w- I was going to suggest, if, if you're interested in going but you don't want to drive, I would I would email Adam or Avance and see what they're doing as far as spectators because there is places to watch. Yeah, where you could, it's so. a really fun spectator event. But I didn't know um, space-wise and safety-wise if that's allowed. But um, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's fun to watch your friends go out and beat their cars up. Yes. Or get them stuck. And really dirty. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, but uh, that said, dress very warm, warmer yes. than you think. Yes. Bring an umbrella, warm. even yeah. if you think you're that weird person rain with an umbrella. It's rain awesome. Boots. Yeah, yeah, rain boots. Yeah. Not not just hiking shoes, but actual mud rain, boots. Yeah. This is an off-road course. Dress mm-hmm. accordingly. And it's not a lot of shelter out there. No. So if you got a pop-up, bring that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a small Excellent. one. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, we know this is a little bit off offbeat today. Is talking. We don't. We don't usually do car reviews, but it was literally fresh, and we thought it'd be kind of a fun thing to talk it's about. It's fun. It's not out yet, so yeah, it's kind it's, of cool. You know. Yeah, and we got to see it. So no. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, first of all, uh, because of this, I'd like to thank uh, Butch and everybody at Park Place for the opportunity to drive the car. So for this uh, this episode of RCS, I'm Nick. I'm Dan, and don't just get there. Enjoy the drive.